All right, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 20. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going to read verse number 1, verse up to verse number 6. We're going to say a few words of admonishment. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. You look good. If you notice the theme for a lot of fathers have been uh, blazers and jeans, and we have even some of our elders and deacons with blazers and jeans and jeans and shirts, and they look good. And uh, a couple of the elders don't feel as comfortable in jeans and blazers, but they look good. Uh, just so, so they look youthful, and then some of our elders look as old as they were before. So let's uh, let's look at Second Kings chapter twenty, verses one through six. The Bible says, "In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord: Set your house in order.'" for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I beg you, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a whole heart and, and have done what is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah after he prayed, he wept bitterly. And it came about before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of your father David, I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I look at all of the I wills, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. You may be seated. I want to talk about the God who responds. I want to talk about the God who responds. I, I have to tell you. And I have, just to be transparent, there was a period over this, this time where everything began and the inception of all of this, uh, this pestilence, if you would. In that, there was a period when I, 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 I kind of got to a place where I stopped praying. Sometimes it's hard to pray when you don't see immediate results. And like spoiled children sometimes, we say, Daddy, please. We say, God, please. And if God doesn't move when we think he's going to move, we sometimes in our lack of faith make the conclusion that God is one, either saying no, or that God is not really connecting to you. Because when you lose your faith, 
you lose your prayer equity. They're, they're, they're a person that loses faith doesn't even see the sense in praying anymore. As a matter of fact, one of the indicators that your faith has waned away and that your faith has been worn down is your prayer life starts decreasing because it makes no sense to talk to a God who you believe no longer talks to you. I mean, this, this is Father's Day other than the Lord's Day and uh, God is our father. And one thing about daddies is that, is that when, uh, when you're small, uh, and, and, uh, and, and of course it's not the case for everybody, but I'll give my testimony. Uh, daddy, daddy was the one uh, that I would call and even threaten people uh, and threaten people and say, I'll get my daddy. Little kids now, but that, that you know, that they see daddy as the protector and the daddy as the one that, that, that has the strength and daddy as the one that does this. But if you're talking to daddy and daddy doesn't respond, sometimes uh, eventually what happens is you just don't, you know, you, you lose something in you to, uh, some will to even talk to him anymore. But uh, as, we, as we look at this text, what I want to show you is that God, as our Father, is the kind of God that responds. And in this particular text, we have King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah had just went through a whole bunch of stuff. Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria, had just warned him and, and threw threats at him. And the difference between Bible times and now is that in Bible times, there were no emails, there, were no, uh, there was no Facebook, there was no Fox News, there was no CNN. But somehow, some way, if you see, if you notice and look in Scripture, whenever the the enemy wanted to throw fear your way, somehow, some way, even in Bible times, without news and without CNN and without Fox and without uh, ABC and NBC, the enemy would always find a way to get to you the information that's supposed to make you fearful. Don't you remember Job? When Job had his affliction, the Bible says the devil went up to, 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 got to heaven and said, let me touch Job. You have Job under some kind of weird protective custody. And God told the devil, go ahead, but don't touch his body. The Bible says all of a sudden there was a day. And when that day happened, all kinds of mess broke loose in Job's life. But somehow, some way, without news, without TV, without social media, without CNN, without Without Fox, without having the uh, having uh, the latest, without newspapers, somehow, some way, the information that was designed to discourage Job got to Job. The devil has a pattern of always getting the fearful stuff in the earshot of the people of God. And here in 2 Kings chapter 20, before we get to chapter 20 and chapter 19, we see that Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria, started throwing threats and sending threats to King Hezekiah and warning this and saying, listen, listen, I've knocked out other kingdoms and I've destroyed other kings and don't trust your God because if you trust your God he will let you down without CNN he was the latest news and I'm here to tell you that if you constantly put the fearful things in your heart they will eventually convert your faith into fear 
Look at the text. The Bible says, look in chapter 19, verse number 10. The Bible says, thus says, uh, thus you shall say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. The devil will always put you in earshot of people who are operating off of fear. My brothers and my sisters today, it is by, not by happenstance or, co or coincidence that your ears are always catching the things that are challenging your faith. It's the devil's job to rattle your faith, not just your faith, uh, not simply your faith, but your faith in God by introducing things to your knowledge that challenge the power of God. What was Hezekiah's? What was his resolve? If you look in chapter 19, uh, beginning with verse number 14 down to verse number 19, you'll find that what Hezekiah did when he watched the news of his day and saw nothing but bad stuff and nothing but threats and nothing but doubt and nothing but fear, just, just, just threat after threat after threat after threat after threat. His resolve was that he prayed. My brothers and my sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, may we never get to the point where we minimize or dismiss the power of prayer. It is dangerous to do before praying. Because when you do before praying, you do without the confidence of being, of having spoken with God. And when you do without the confidence of God on your side, you do so by yourself. Hezekiah prayed. He prayed to God. He said, look, this is what's happening. The king of Assyria is sending these threats. And this and that, this and that is what's happening. This is what's happening. And here, Hezekiah, from, from verse 14 down to verse 19, he's responding. I want you to look in verse number 16. He says, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see and listen to the words of Sennacherib, which he hath sent to reproach the living God. If Hezekiah was a little boy walking hand in hand with his daddy, he would look at the threat over here, and he would look at the bully over here, and after hearing what the bully said, what he would do to him, he would look up at his daddy. Because at the end of the day, whenever you're connected to God, and, and watch this, fear is trying to connect to you, you can always, after all of the threat, and after all of the doubt, and after all of the fear, if you're walking with God, and you hear all of this stuff that's rattling your faith and making you afraid, because let me tell you something, brethren, us brethren have a sophisticated way of being scared. But the beauty of it all is if you're holding daddy's hand, after all of that comes in, you can. Did you hear? You see what's going on, Lord. What was Hezekiah doing? Hezekiah was praying because he trusted a God who had response or the ability to respond, okay? He had response ability. He had the ability to do something about what was happening. 
And it's dangerous to call on somebody that doesn't have the ability to respond. It's dangerous to put your trust in somebody that has no ability to respond. So let me tell you something. The first thing about God as our Father is that God, the God we serve, the God we sang about before all of this trouble, the God we trusted in before all of the fear and the doubt and the uncertainty, which, by the way, has always been here, before the news reports and before the statistics, the God that we serve has always been the God or the kind of father that has the ability to respond. In other words, he can move on it. Not only does he have the ability to respond, but point number two, he has the agility to respond. He has the ability to respond, which means he has all power. And because he has all power, even when he doesn't respond, we don't trust whether or not he's responding today. We trust that he has the ability to respond. He has response-ability. Fathers, as a father... I like to pride myself that if anything happens with my daughters, the reason why they can look up to me and the reason why they don't have to necessarily, even though they're getting older now and getting boyfriends and stuff like that, and at the end of the day, one thing they absolutely know about me from my history with them is that if anything goes down, their daddy has the ability to respond. I, I, I'm able to jump in there. If, you, if things ever get rough, I'm able to jump in there and do something about what you're saying to me. And good fathers have the ability. Oh, y'all not going to say amen in here. But if you want to, if, if, if you, if you if, even if you're not a dad, if you want to be a dad one day, the attribute of God that fathers have is the ability to respond. In other words, there's nothing my kids can do and say to me that, that, that I don't have the ability to respond to. But not only the ability, but I have the agility. The Bible says when we get down to all of this and all of this happens, uh, Hezekiah gets sick. And Hezekiah had a habit of calling on God. He's terminal now. God came through. He wiped out the Assyrian army, thousands of them. When you get a chance, read it. And in chapter 20, he's introduced to a new problem. Isn't it amazing? Hear me today. If you think for a moment these are times you've never seen before, all you got to do is keep living. There'll be new trials. There'll be new tribulations. There'll be new situations. Are you kidding me? I was just telling somebody earlier, you know, the flu was the worst thing at one point. And the reason why people say, well, this is different. You know why it's different? Because you weren't there when the flu first came out. And when the flu first came out, everybody was saying, this never happened before. 
and then this came out, and then everybody's saying, oh, this never happened before. And if you keep living, I just about can bet you that you'll run into something that's never happened before. The beauty of it is the reason why God has responsibility is because he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, and before we get to something that we say never happened before, God was already there waiting on us. So he gets sick now. First it was Sennacherib. It was the king of Assyria, Darwin. King of Assyria saying, you know, you don't trust God. Don't, don't you put your trust in God. You better, you better look at me. You better look at me. You stop that praying. Look at me. I mean, you, you, you know, you can pray if you want to. You better look at these stats. You better look at my statistics. You better look at how many people are getting sick. You got to look at how many people are being done wrong by police. You better look at what's going on in the world. You better look at Trump. You better look at this. And here the devil's getting our attention. And, and watch, watch this. The more we pay attention to something else is the less we pay attention to God. But he prayed. And now a new problem. He's terminal. He's septic. He has a weird boil, Hezekiah. And the boil, because medical science had not evolved to what it was today, that whatever that is, that boil he has is causing him to have some kind of infection and it's making him terminal and he's sick. And he's not just sick a little bit. It's just not a cough. He's, he's, he's no doubt going through fever and basically he doesn't even know the diagnosis of his own sickness. So God sends a prophet, the prophet Isaiah, and he sends the prophet Isaiah to tell him, Listen, Hezekiah, get your house in order because you're about to die. And you're not going to make it through this. You made it through Sennacherib. You made it through his threats. You made it through war with the Assyrians. But get your house in order. Get your insurance. Get your pre-need. <laughs> That would be equivalent today of the doctor saying there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. Get, get your will in order. Who's, who's, who's going to sign for you? Get your family together. Decide whether or not you're going to go DNR. Get, decide what you're going to do. Make plans. And the, you know the, the strange thing about it is everybody knows somebody or knows somebody that knows somebody that's been at that point where people started drawing conclusions about you. Where people started saying, well, this is it. Usually the word hospice means it's over. Hezekiah was in hospice. Get your house in order. And this is the word of God coming from the prophet of God. Get your house in order because you about to die. And the Bible says that instead of fussing, instead of grabbing Isaiah and saying, no, 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 what he does is what he always did. He did it in the previous chapter when he got the threats from the king of Assyria. But this time, he needed a moment. He turns to the wall, the wall, a wall, and what's interesting is he was at a wall in his situation. So he turns to the wall, 
and he closes everybody out and he prays to God and he says, God, remember me. Now, why are you praying, Hezekiah? Because God has the ability to respond. He has the ability to respond. He has response ability. And he's praying and he's saying, God, remember me. Remember my life. Remember that I walked in your sight. Remember that I trusted you. Remember, now watch this. What's strange is he doesn't say, Lord, change my situation. So his prayer was a prayer that submitted to the will of God. And sometimes we pray based on what we want first and forgetting that God knows best. We pray for other people based on what we want first and it's human to do that. But at the end of the day, you have a God that has responsibility and it's very possible in our selfish prayers that we actually may underpray. Okay, okay, let me, let me help you, let me help you. Have you ever done something for somebody, uh, uh, maybe some work for them, and, and, and they said, well, well, how much? How much? Maybe it was something like, and they said, well, how much, how much do you think I should pay you? Now, now, most people, you know, they have in their mind, whoa, well, I could get 200 for this. And I'll, I'll share, I, you know, that, that's happened before. I've done some work for people, and they say, how much? And I thought, maybe if I get 200, ooh. And you know what? Something led me to say, Wh whatever, whatever you think, whatever you do. Now, some of you are, have had some bad experience with whatever you do. <laughs> you need to be honest in this house. <laughs> but I remember times in my life when, when I said, okay, whatever. And in my mind, I had a number. But when I left it up to them, what ended up happening is the, mind, the number I had in my mind was exceeded by double. <laughs> now, if I would have gave them my number, I would have been cheating myself. And that's how it is when we talk to God. Sometimes we underpray when all we have to do sometimes is say, Lord, remember me. I don't know what you're going to do with this situation. I know what I want, and you know what I want. But it may just be, it not only may, but it is certainly the fact, a fact that whatever you have in mind is better than anything I have in mind. And Hezekiah said, remember me. And the God who has the ability to respond. Our Father, who has the ability to respond, responded. He turned the prophet around as he was leaving through the court. He tells Isaiah, why don't you go back? Give him a different message. Isaiah turns around and says, wait a minute. I just got a call. I got a text message. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just got a text. I, I want you to imagine Isaiah leaving after telling them bad news. And being a prophet wasn't always fun. Sometimes you had to tell people bad news and you had to leave. And I want you to see as he leaves behind him, Hezekiah, as he leaves out of his, 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 his bedchambers, I want you to see as Hezekiah is turned to the wall. Isaiah doesn't know what's going on. 
see him as he leaves out and he walks out further and he goes into the court and imagine, imagine, let's contemporize that. All of a sudden there's a vibration and he looks at his phone and he's walking back from doing his assignment and he slows down. And he turns around. And I want you to see him going back to give a different message and he tells King Hezekiah, wait! God said he hears you. God says, I seen your tears. I seen your tears and I heard your cry. And because I am the God who has the ability to respond, I'm going to take the life that was short and I'm going to extend it 15 years. The Bible says, that God responded. But I want you to see something else. So God did it with, he had the ability to respond and he had the agility to respond, which is the attribute of a good father. But finally, watch this. Not only did he have respond ability, not only did he have respond agility, but the Bible says in verse number six, <laughs> here's the beauty of it. And I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Now watch this. And I will defend this city for what? Yeah, okay, that was a Miles. test to see if you were following or just sitting there looking at me, right? So, so the Bible says in verse 6, the bottom of verse 6, he says, I will add 15 years and I will defend this city for what? For my own sake. For my own name's sake and for the sake of David, your father. Not only does God show that he's the God that has the ability to respond, and not only does Hezekiah pray to him because he has the ability to respond or response ability, but because God is now also telling him, it is not only my ability to respond or my response ability, but I'm also reacting to you based upon my responsibility. Okay, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Not only based on the fact that I have the ability to respond and response ability, but Hezekiah, you are my responsibility. And a good father knows not only that he does he have the ability to respond, but the reason why I'll reach out to Jayla, Jordan, and Janice, no matter what they get into and what time they call, it's not only because I have the ability to respond, but because they are my responsibility. And you, my brothers and my sisters, in the worst of times, watch this, in the worst of times, and we forget this sometimes, we are God's responsibility. Now, who is he responsible to first? First, God is responsible to himself. He didn't say, I'm not, he didn't say, I'm going to save this city, I'm going to save this city because, you know, I like you so much. But God 
is responsible to his own word. It is not in God that, in, in man, uh, in God that he should repent or that he should lie. In other words, God moves on his responsibility based on who he is to us. If you, if you ever read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 12, God makes himself responsible to the righteous. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. And when anybody is your responsibility, how they look, how they are, how they, the situations they're in are not only a reflection on them, but it's a reflection on you. Uh, husbands, you know, fathers and husbands get this. We, we, we get it, right? We get it. Husbands get it. That's why we do what we can to make our wives, you know, appease them and make them look good, right? We want them to look good. And nobody said, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the narrative of what I'm preaching right now. So I'm preaching but somehow I see a narrative at the bottom of the screen that said, and none and all the brethren were silent. <laughs> okay, that's why we try, we want our wives to look good. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Okay. So we're going to change the text and preach a lesson to the men. Do you know why? And, and, and old school wives say, will say, I'm not going to go out here looking any kind of way. Because I represent and I reflect you. Mothers get it, right? Well, you don't want your daughters to go out looking any kind of way or your sons looking any kind of way. Why? Because how they look is a reflection on you. Because they are your y'all missing this, y'all missing this, y'all missing this. They are your response Ability. And because they are your responsibility, you exercise your response ability. The same it is with God as our Father. If you belong to God right now, you are His responsibility. No matter what happens in your life, you have a God that has the ability to respond, but even better than that, you have a Father who sees you as His responsibility, not what the beautiful thing, not based on how good you are, not based on how well behaved you are, not based on how much church you do, not based on even how much you pray but based on his word first and man Mountain View in these times right now I feel like somebody said he's sitting down because he's tired no I'm not family chat I feel like we're letting Sennacherib's threats cause us to forget that we serve a God that has the ability to respond and we also serve a God who sees us 
as his responsibility. Brother Hamilton, that, that's good. That's good. That's exciting stuff. But, you know, in reality, so whenever I see a Christian or hear a Christian dismiss the word of God and say in reality, then their faith has not matured to where it merges with reality. So watch this. You're really not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. And you've compartmentalized God outside of your reality. So God is somebody you visit every now and then to feel better about your reality. But as you grow in Christ and as you grow in your faith in God, what happens is faith begins to cover your reality. So you don't say that's good, but in reality, what you say is in reality, that's God. And too many times our logic stops us. Well, what happens as we close? Well, you know what happens? Bible says that God gives Hezekiah a sign. And Hezekiah says, what sign should I look for? And the prophet speaks for God and says, I'm going to turn the sun, the shadow. They, 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 they would use the staircase in the temple to determine and the shadow of that staircase. Wherever the shadow was, they would use that as a sundial to determine the time it was. The sundial still exists. It's an ancient way of telling time. <laughs> well, watch this. God says, I'm going to show you and the sign I'm going to give you that I'm a God that has the ability to respond is I'm going to turn that shadow backwards. Basically, God says, I'm going to make time go in the other direction. Now, I don't, now there's no evidence, there's, it doesn't say that, that time for everybody, but what God was showing is I have such the ability to respond that not only will I turn your situation around, I'll give you a sign of me turning something around to prove that I'm turning your situation around. And church, God can turn this situation around. But I believe, and I'm convicted as we close, that sometimes God won't turn it around for the city because his people have stopped praying. Are you hearing me? Sometimes God won't turn it around for your family, brother. Because you stop praying. God says, I want to turn it around, and I want to be glorified for turning it around. But if you don't talk to me, then you'll give my glory to something or someone else. And it's time right now for all of us who claim to be the children of God, who claim to serve a God that has the ability to respond, that claim that serve a God that we are his responsibility, it's time for us to start praying about this situation. Let's be honest. We see certain world leaders on TV, and we despise some things. When was the last time you prayed for the president? Yeah. 
I'm looking for a hand with, with days. I want, I want to say, three days ago, do you see what happens? If the devil can't get us, he will get us to stop praying for them. And God says, I'm ready to turn this around. But my people are just as afraid as people that don't know me. I'm ready to change this around, but my children are acting like I'm not their daddy. I'm ready to make this thing go in the other direction, but my children are sowing seeds of fear in people that don't know me. So God did that, and he kept this word. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, Hezekiah did that prayer, and he says, Lord, remember me and how I've kept your ways and how I've always honored you. And he had this list of good things he did. But, you know, I know, I know all of us are not in a position that say, God, remember me. You know, <laughs> have you ever been in a state in your life where you really didn't want God to remember? <laughs> no, no honest people in here. Anybody online? Anybody online ever been in a situation where your life was so raggedy, you went through a raggedy life in, 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 in some stage in your life, and you really didn't want, you really couldn't go to God and say, Lord, remember how I kept your word? Let's be honest. There's points and parts of our lives we're ashamed of, where we didn't trust God, where we didn't do what's right. The beautiful thing is that that. Because of Jesus, we could say, remember, there was this one guy hanging next to Jesus who was a thief and a murderer. And he had no good resume in his life, yet he was able to look across to the one hanging in the middle and he said, remember me. How, what was he using to say, remember me? He wasn't using his life. He wasn't saying, remember how I kept your word. He wasn't saying, remember how I was faithful and I told people about it. He, he, he didn't say, remember, re remember the fact that I was one of your disciples. No, 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 no. He's saying, remember me when you come into your kingdom, not based on his life and who he was, but based on who Jesus was. And the beauty of the gospel is we can say, Lord, remember, and not be talking about our lives. We can say, Lord, remember, and don't have to refer to our lives because our lives don't always measure up but we can say Lord remember and point to the old rugged cross and the one hanging in the middle and say Lord remember he died for every mess I've made he died for every situation I messed up he died for every raggedy decision for every raggedy thought for every raggedy word and for every raggedy deed Lord I'm not asking that you remember my deed but that you remember his on the cross. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, why not? Oh, I get it. Because your mask, because the CDC said that if you wear a mask, and you social distance, you'll be all right. Watch the news yesterday. And so uh, I, I've, got the, I've, I've, got, I've got one of those boxes that lets you see the news all across the nation. Anybody can relate? No? 
And I get to see the news in New York, and I get to see the news here. As a matter of fact, Anthony Fleming hit me to that. One of the deacons said, I could get you, sir. Yeah, I could tell you how to see the news everywhere. <laughs> and what's crazy is people are still getting cancer. People are still having heart attacks. People are still getting shot up. As a matter of fact, people are, domestic violence is still happening. Road rage is at an all-time high. It doesn't even have to be your fault. You could have put your signal on and crossed into the lane, but because the person behind you is in such a stressful, depressive, manic life, way of thinking they take your life and so here we are doing what we can to protect ourselves from this and put more trust in this and forgetting that death has a menu and COVID is not the only thing on it so at the end of the day if you don't know Jesus today you need to get to know Jesus. Now, I know that sounds cliche -ish. In other words, you get to know him by obeying the gospel. God says, when you obey the gospel, you'll be not just my creation, but you'll become my responsibility. Because you'll be born again. Well, Brother Preacher, I know, that, uh, I know that, that, that sounds good, but we all are God's children. You got that twisted. The devil done hoodwinked us again. You can lock arms with a million people and say black lives matter. That's not how you become a child of God. Don't fall for the okey-doke of society. Yeah, we're, we're all God's children. No, 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 we're all God's creation. God says, the Spirit says, except the man is born again. There is no hu new humanity in and of ourselves. The new humanity comes by way of Christ. And I plead with you today to consider giving your life to Jesus. You do it by believing that he is the Son of God and God raised him from the dead, repenting of your sins, confessing Jesus to be the Son of God. In other words, but that faith, do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he can wash your sins away? This, and if you believe that, that repentance means to turn your mind. That means to turn your mind. That doesn't mean, I, here, here's the devil. The devil says that means you got to do everything right. No, 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 no. That means you turn your mind to him and he'll, through changing your heart, he will change your life right? He will give you the strength to change your life. Confess with your lips and your life that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. And even right now, you can be baptized for the remission of your sins. Church, we have to become evangelistic again. This is a time where people are leaving here and it's not just COVID, it's not just Corona, just not this, that, and the other. People are leaving and they don't know Jesus and we are being occupied with humanitarian efforts and we're forgetting that people are dying out outside of Christ. If you're going to die anyway, and there's not a single person here that will not die with Jesus, and you die with Jesus by giving your life to him, and not only will God show himself to be the God with a responsibility, but when you can call him father, it means that you're his responsibility.